Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Uh, I honestly don't think there's an order where it meant. I agree with Brian, even though I think we're not going to agree throughout the course of this conversation. Uh, well, what are we doing? Are we just, let's let's we're game just it. do it? I, I don't know. You guys, you guys came in so downtrodden that... <laughs> I don't know how Jesus. to get these gears to spin. <sighs> How's your weekend now? It was long. Had my second anniversary. Had to go visit Anna, so I drove a bunch. Yeah. Put in a thousand job applications, which kind of makes me want to jump off a, a bridge into a river. At least you sounds like you're getting at least a couple uh, responses. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. It, at the very beginning, the first couple responses were negative, and that had me really down in the dumps. And uh-huh. that kind of turned around real quick, so I'm glad. Because one of them, the very first one that rejected me was through a recruiter, and I reached out to them like uh, on my own, you know, directly to the hiring people. And they reached back in like an hour and they're like, oh, no, we want to talk to you. OK. <laughs> and I was like, well, good. And that re- recruiter was just a fucking dipshit. Uh, you're very buzzy when you talk now. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Get those bees back. I haven't heard, haven't heard the bees in a while. Is that right? I mean, it's yeah. not it's not like overwhelming bees, mm. but. Oh, now it's overwhelming. Now it's overwhelming. Well, that's because well, I'm, I'm fucking with my mic stand. Still bees? That's much uh, better, actually. Yeah, much better. Okay. Uh, when I was filling out job applications, I sent out a ton of them and did not hear back from a single one. That's the most frustrating thing. I wish they'd at least get back to you and say, like, sorry, no. That'd be better than not responding at all. Yeah. Is it that hard to create a form letter that you send out to everybody you're rejecting? Some polite lie about how they've already filled the position. Well, I was the thing I'm getting frustrated with in this particular search is that I I've taken the time to put in cover letters for almost every single thing since I'm just sending in my resume most of the time. Yeah. And every time I tell them, you know, I'm thinking about relocating. I know where you're located at. <laughs> All the all this kind of stuff, and then the first question they've all asked is, "Well, you know, this is a, an office job, right? You'd have to relocate." Now it's like it's literally in my cover letter. Please, dear God, they don't they, I, look I, at the things I send you. I do not believe that employers read cover letters. Oh. I just don't buy it. I wouldn't <laughs> if I was in charge of hiring. <laughs> uh, the computer just scans it for keywords they're looking for and that's it right i mean i'd get it for most jobs but since this job's kind of weird and specific and i'm i'm sure they're not getting inundated with uh 
applications because people in my particular specialty, there just aren't a lot of us generically. But we'll see. Fingers crossed. One, one of them would triple my income, which that would uh, make a slight difference. Slight? That would help? Well, although the issue is, so that that particular thing is in an inner suburb of Chicago, which that means if I wanted to live anywhere near my work, that making three times as much would not matter. Yeah. Would you want to live there, though? I I wouldn't mind living in the city. I did. Char's not a fan. Oh. I lived up in the suburbs for a couple of years. I enjoyed it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think if I can find a suburb that's maybe like a 45 minute commute or something like that, that wouldn't be <laughs> miserable. You think you're going to have a 45 minute commute? 45 minute commute in Hilarious. traffic is what I mean. Like the next burb over. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. There's no there's no 45 minute commute unless you live like two blocks away. Where you work and you jog. I uh, I lived 45 minute commute outside of Chicago and I could get to work during my third shift run 45 minutes and it would take me three hours to get home the next Don't morning. you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> that's, when you, that's when you just start taking uh, the train in. Right. Well, I probably would. Yeah. I'm kind of a fan of mass transit. I can't do mass transit personally. I like the idea of it, but I can't use it myself, so... Oh, uh, whatever weird thing is wrong with me that I'm sure there's a name for if I ever went to a doctor about it. I get in those tubes and I'm just like, nope, I just, feel right in here. I fucking I hate I hate a bus, right? I don't want to be on a bus for any reason ever. But man, I love the train. There's there something about the seats are pretty comfortable. It's real chill. It's not overly expensive. You can actually get stuff done while you're sitting there. It's very practical. I agree with you on that. It doesn't matter because my commute is approximately four and a half steps from my bedroom to my office. Lucky. It used to take me almost seven or eight minutes to drive to work, though. So. (laughs) My commute's worse than that now. I figured it takes me solid 25 minutes. I got to drive all the way across Springfield. 15 minutes for me. I used to joke with people that my weekly commute is less than a lot of people's daily commute. People don't like it when you point that out. And then when you do the math and it turns out you're right, people get very upset with you. So that's why I kept bringing it up all the time. When I, when I worked in Arthur and was living in Decatur, I was basically doing an hour commute each way every day. And that, sucks the fucking soul out of your body. I did that for a couple of years when I was in my like early 20s and I was still like going to the bar every night and a little bit hungover every morning and it was like it was deadly. It was like the worst combination of like those commutes are not for young people that are still trying to enjoy their lives. Oh yeah. Yeah, in my my job I had to be there at 5 a.m. So I was uh, leaving the house at 4 a.m. so I was getting up at 3. <sighs> And then we worked, you basically worked mandatory overtime every week. So you would work 10 hours a day, five days a week. So I'd be getting home at six o'clock at night or something like that. Fucking sucked. 
gross. Yeah, are you we, felt you we? felt you you honestly felt like you didn't exist, and then you would get to the weekend and get to Saturday, and you were so worn out that you would just sleep through Saturday, so your only day off is Sunday. But you had to be home and in bed early because you got to be up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Sorry, why are we talking about this depressing work shit? To take Brian's mind off the movie so that he doesn't yell at us. Oh, right, right. Uh, <laughs> are we gonna, how long are we going to keep this up? Because eventually we're just going to have to take our lickings from Brian here. Okay, Doug, do you just want to tell us about Frankenstein? Flesh for Frankenstein. Flesh for Frankenstein? Flesh for Frankenstein is uh, one of the more exploitative versions of the <laughs> The traditional Frankenstein story. In what? this one, in this one, Frankenstein. We have no, no. There's no lead up to anything. We just open on Frankenstein is trying to build a new race of people that he will be the god of by building a male monster and a female monster and having them mate. Um, but unfortunately, his male monster just, just ain't that horny. So he decides he's going to go to the local whorehouse find the horniest guy coming out of there, grab that guy's head and uh, stick it on the body. But his racism kicks in and he accidentally uh, decapitates the wrong guy because he can't tell Serbian people apart, even though one of the Serbian people is clearly from Brooklyn. Um, And then, so he puts that head on the male monster, but the whole mating thing still isn't working out. Meanwhile, the actual horny Serbian guy gets hired by Frankenstein's sister slash wife to uh, basically just to be a quote unquote servant, but he, he he's just there to bang her um, and serve dinner. That those are his two tasks that he has. He's a full it's a full time job, and that leads to problems because he eventually notices that his friend's head is on a zombie body. Um, so, I mean, that leads to some conflict, which ends in a weird, gory battle. But in the middle of all this, Frankenstein is uh, suppressing his own sexual urges by having sex with non-traditional sex with the female corpse. Let's call it that. We have also there's two children just scampering about the uh, castle who occasionally come in and steal body parts from Frankenstein's lab and shit, which is fun. You neglected uh, to mention that Frankenstein's wife is also his sister. No, I brought that up. It's just this movie's so fucked up that I can see how you might miss that in all the conversation. Um, yeah, who doesn't have eyebrows? Why doesn't she have eyebrows? I, I didn't even notice that. It was the most. So see, to <laughs> me, so you know, you, you, you guys know me. I like some fucked up shit. I watch some yeah. fucked up shit occasionally. And this, the most disturbing thing in this entire movie was her eyebrows. I was like, where the fuck are her eyebrows? She looks terrifying. I didn't even notice. I think it's because she was naked so much that I didn't notice. (laughs) Brian, do you have any thoughts on the movie? Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Something I really wanted to like, because I think there's some good ideas in there. Mm -hmm. Could have done with a lot less incest, of course. Well, there's uh, not nearly it, as much incest in this movie as there is in it, the next one. It doesn't feel like it's, it's something you have to say when you're talking about a movie, but we're going to say it for both movies this week. I think the and, biggest yes, thing, the biggest little, thing that, he just went a tad heavy 
on the incest. Can I, can I? Here's the thing about this movie. There's two problems with the incest in this movie. First of all, completely irrelevant, right? It didn't have to be his sister. It could have just been his wife. Like the fact that she's his wife, it matters plot wise. The fact that she's his sister does not. Number two, they keep fucking talking about how they're both brother, sister, and husband, wife, and they say it over and over again. And then we turn around and there's a scene where the little boy and the little girl are getting put together to bed together. And I'm like, no, in, in a movie where you've established that brothers marry their sisters, don't put the little boy and the little girl in the same bed. It's creepy and weird and unnecessarily. So it's like, I wouldn't have, there's nothing about the scene in particular. That's upsetting. I wouldn't have like, it would have just been two kids going to bed. If not for the fact that you keep saying brothers and sisters are supposed to have sex together. And then you put the two children in bed. I don't believe it was an accident either. I think it's these filmmakers trying to upset us and they were successful in that moment. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, also, Udo Kier is fucking terrible in both of these movies. Well, gonna, I don't agree. Uh, yes. I would agree. Well, so here's the thing. I think that the delivery of the lines is in in both these movies. That does not fall to the actor's performance. It is clearly a deliberate choice. I agree with that. So I can if yeah, if you because they all speak in that weird staccato yeah. delivery that just sounds inhuman. And part of the problem is that they've seemed to have a very international cast trying to deliver an English script. And the one who I think is a terrible actor is the guy who clearly has a British accent or a Brooklyn accent. He's the one that has, he's the worst actor of the group. The rest of them might be fine if they spoke, were allowed to speak in their own language or if they were trained better in English before taking on these roles. But I, it, there's something about the delivery that's off putting, but I don't blame the actors for that. I and I think know. Udo Kier, it's pretty bad. When he, when he has to do the crazy shit, I think he steps it up and does the crazy shit. No, nobody fucks an open wound like Udo Kier. Anyone else? <laughs> anyone else would have made that look weird, and he just he seemed natural doing it. Well, the that, good thing good thing I could say is I dozed off at some point during this movie. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I missed that. So so okay. Oh. Well, no, well, let, well let, God damn it, Brian! You let, missed the the pinnacle of the movie. Let me set the stage for you, Brian. What happens is he walks over to the body. Then has his assistant, like the, the body's standing up, but still strapped to that bed. He has his assistant adjust the bed so him and the body kind of lay down on top of each other. <laughs> then he proceeds to, you know, fuck the open wound of the thing while screaming at his assistant for having the nerve to watch, even though he needs his assistant to be there because his whole plan is when he's done, get the assistant to stand the thing back up so he just naturally can walk away. <laughs> it's so upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, and you missed one of the greatest lines of all film time, <laughs> and that is, if you want to know death, you have to fuck life right in the gallbladder. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't even know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. Uh, no one does. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I What I love about that scene is how... A group of people, obviously in a room, it's the 70s, so they're high on whatever, and they're just like, we really, really want to upset the audience this time. We want to make sure everyone is disturbed by this. What can we do that will make 
everybody be disturbed by this. And this is what they came up with. And, and credit where credit's due. I bet you nobody watches that scene and is like, um, I don't know, probably not that, not that big a deal, really. He's, he's just fucking the open wound of a corpse that he built. Well, I'm, I, think, I think that's the overarching theme of both movies. They're intentionally yeah. in, inflammatory in the, the most extreme ways. Yeah, and I think this one, uh, specifically, I think it's also serving as a parody of that original of the original story in in a certain way. And I think it adding all of this over the top inflammatory, unnecessarily gross stuff is all part of that, right? Possibly. I see. I don't even know if they set out to make a parody. I, I think I just, it's just this is this is a movie in the same vein of like 100 Days of Sodom and Serbian film. And all. Just, it's just I, uh, it is a movie meant to push every button that it can push. See, I don't know about that. See, I think having I, I look at this, the scene where they accidentally cut off the wrong guy's head. First of all, the decapitation scene. Like applause worthy where they walk up with those like clippers and chop the guy's head off and the body stays standing spewing blood out of the neck hole for a while yeah all the gory stuff is great absolutely fantastic like applause worthy decapitation scene maybe my new favorite decapitation scene of all time and not, not to mention if you would have saw this in the theater it was filmed in 3d i know so you'd have been wearing 3d glasses for <laughs> it's available in 3d on shutter but i don't i don't know how you'd watch it like you'd have to have a 3D TV, I guess. You got to go to Spencer's Gifts and ask them if they still have any 3D glasses hidden behind the counter. <laughs> okay. I'll keep that in mind. Um, anyways, but like, I think the fact that like he accidentally, he's supposed to be grabbing the head of the horniest guy in town and he accidentally gets the head of the guy that's thinking of becoming a monk. I think that that is clearly a joke on the whole. I'm going to grab the biggest smartest brain and I accidentally grab the, the brain of the criminal I assume that that's well, yeah. an intentional joke and I think that you know that that whole thing I think is it, it, the whole movie I think works as a parody and that's how I took it and that, frankly I enjoyed it because of that well and the uh the, the parallels and stuff that they're pulling out for things are actually a little bit clever like the idea of the creation of Frankenstein's monster has some pretty significant parallels to like eugenics yeah, and, and Nazism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just I don't, like I said, I don't wholly hate this film like Brian does. I just I have mixed feelings about it. It's not it's not great. I'm not going <laughs> to win awards, but I also kind of am familiar with the work of fucking Warhol a little bit. So I kind of uh, knew what I was getting into going into it. Warhol actually had very little to do with this movie. Right. He apparently showed up like twice while they were filming it. And that was about it. Yeah. He was just a producer and kind of pointed. Yeah. That's it. But I mean, I, I, I love certain moments in this movie where it's like, I love when the kids sneak into the lab and they steal that hand and they're all like giggly and then they go through like the little escape, like the little hole in the wall where they escape to get out of the lab without getting caught. And then a mouse runs by and they both scream in terror at the sight of a mouse, but they're carrying a human hand at the time. Like that's got that. They have to be trying to be funny when they do stuff like that. And I 
I laughed out loud at that moment. I'm like the idea of I'm scared of a mouse, but not of a severed human limb. It's so good. Kids are fucked up from all the incest. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this, this was filmed at the factory, right? No idea. Cause I was thinking, I don't know. I'm, once again, I'm not super familiar with the making of the film, but I am familiar with Warhol and he had this like art studio commune thing. <laughs> called the factory and if i remember correctly all the people involved in this film are like his people who would hang out there yeah so all these actors and the director and all that kind of stuff are all his cronies which is why it's a warhol film yeah, on it. yeah. I, did, what else? I did i did look up to see what else paul morrissey has directed yeah apparently after the blood, blood for Dracula, he did a comedic version of the Hound of the Baskersville. Okay. Peter Cook and Dudley Moore as Sherlock and Watson. <laughs> what? He got to work with Dudley Moore? Yeah. That's not fair. I don't recognize anybody else. Yeah. So this is a Sherlock Holmes spoof about a family that's been haunted for years by the curse of a horrible hound. Yeah, right. But what else did you specifically dislike about this, Brian? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I was I'm not a huge fan of Udo Kier in it. Um, he didn't seem all that excited about creating life as he just created a man and a woman and make them fuck. So well, he, yeah, he was trying movie, to create their. He was trying to create the offspring. What that was his ultimate yeah. goal in this. Yeah. So the movie is just uh, is very horny, of course. Not that one guy. That's a whole problem. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, and uh, it, I, I was going to say, and it shares another thing in common with the other movie. And that is, uh, I don't, I'm trying to d- think of the wording for this sexuality without any form of eroticism. See, I it's was wondering, like sex. Yeah. Sex is a rutting, gross thing rather than titillating, <laughs> if that makes sense. So okay, so they're not just bad at being titillating. That's what you're saying. No, I think I think it's intentionally supposed to be gross. Like it's supposed to be done in a way where it, like it's obviously we'll we'll get into it in the next movie. But for the purposes of this movie, I thought the sex scenes were meant to be titillating, and they were just bad at it. You're no. suggesting that that's not the case. Okay. Yeah. See, I think I think it's specifically not supposed to be. So that your your idea is that like when they are chopping up body parts and they're disemboweling the zombies and there's blood and guts everywhere, they're kind of doing the same thing with the sex scenes. Is they were just they're trying to do it in a way that it's like would yeah, it's gross. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you didn't like the scene of uh, the guy having sex with two women and wizard just shows up for no reason and he keeps grabbing oh. it and showing it to him over well, and over. Well, and specifically holding it out toward the camera because it was filmed in three. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few moments where the 3D was obviously supposed to be up in, in play. Um, but yeah, 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 like I said, in, inflammatory. Because, you know, Kaufman's or Kaufman, Warhol's uh, like the thing that kind of made him famous was his photography. And his photography was basically taking pictures of gross stuff and blowing it up and putting it on a wall. And being like, this is truth because it's nasty. Yeah. All right. Which makes him a, a stupid, well, pretentious douchebag. But like I did notice, like in the sex scenes, there's a lot of like 
really gross angles of like weird like missionary sex where it's just like bodies are rubbing together it's like that might be what it looks like when people have sex maybe it is but i don't that's not what anybody wants to see in a movie if there's another way to say it like well um, and it's even more extreme in the next film but it's almost all violent and non-consensual yeah yeah it's we'll we'll get into it in the next movie but i mean um, even even the scene we were just talking about the brothel i mean technically there's an argument to be made that those women are coerced by money you know what i mean like there's no yeah and then the counterpoint being that the same thing happens with him when he gets back to the castle where he's basically hired as a concubine for the sister right right exactly and he's clearly not enjoying it yeah yeah um yeah it's all very gross um, but what's what's better at being gross is all the like gore scenes. Whenever like Udo here shoves his hands inside that one that one zombie's wounds and like he's messing around in there, it's so gross. And yeah, then the gore, gore stuff is really good. That's stuff I yeah. really enjoyed. Um, it's I was I was gonna say we were just I was just talking about the lack of eroticism in the the sex scenes. The interesting flip side of that is there's this scene of when he's opening her stitches and her thing to do a, some kind of adjustment to her digestive system. Yeah. And that is intentionally done in an erotic, oh. slow way, even though he's doing something disgusting. Everything the character, everything that Frankenstein character does with especially the female zombie is clearly sexual to the character and done in a way that's meant to be sexual to the audience, yeah. which is it's gross and upsetting, but I think that sometimes exploitation films are supposed to be gross and upsetting. And I think it did what it set out to do. Yeah. Yeah. I would consider this. I I don't know. See, I, I generally think of the idea of an exploitation film as showing audiences exactly what they want to see rather than (laughs) anything interesting. And for that, I have a hard time calling this type of film an exploitation film. It's I've, more like a shock film. Yeah, I've heard the term shock exploitation before. Yeah, I could put this into that category where it's like the whole purpose of this movie is to make you uncomfortable, to make you swarm. And right. if you it's, measure it on that level, I think it's very successful. And if you um, went and saw this in the drive-in, you'd go home and you would tell all your friends, oh, my God, I saw this movie and it's just Frankenstein, but he's banging his sister and he has sex with her surgical wound. You know, it's, yeah. and they'd be like, oh, man, it can't yeah. be that bad. I'm going to go see that. Yeah. It's it's super good. The gore is over the top, but very well done. Even the at the end when they stab Frankenstein and that clearly meant to be 3D thing is sticking out from him. It's like, that's fun. <laughs> The uh, the ending scene of the movie is like there's the the one guy that the guy from Brooklyn is hanging from the ropes and there's some the kids come in and they're going to let him down. But they grab scalpels as they head over. So you're like, oh, he's just going to get chopped up by kid Frankensteins instead of by the real Frankenstein. That's fun. Like, I love that idea. Uh, I don't know. All that, yeah, like, it is. It is a really good ending where you think they're going to let him down and the kid starts cranking the thing and he starts going higher. Yeah. Like I, I really, I really, I don't know. Overall, I think I like this movie. I was grossed out in the ways that they wanted me to be grossed out. I think I laughed out loud at several moments, including like decapitating the wrong guy. I laughed out loud at the kids. I laughed out loud at the, uh, the scene where 
Frankenstein realizes that he's got the wrong head because he tries to get them to mate and the guy won't get a heart on. And so at this point, they've stripped the zombies naked and they keep telling the female zombie to kiss the male zombie. And she does. And then Frankenstein's assistant like looks down to see if he got hard and looks up and like shrugs. And then Frankenstein's like, okay, try kissing him again. And then he checks again. I'm like, I was laughing out loud in that moment. I'm like, it's really funny. And obviously intentionally so like it's not like they were expecting that to be a serious dramatic scene for for some so. reason i think my hurrah moment is when uh the monster slams the the gate door on frankenstein's hand and it chops his hand off yep and I, I, I don't know why but i was like yeah i think it's because <laughs> you don't see it coming you just he's chasing him and he just turns around and slams the gate and you're just like i didn't anticipate anybody's hands getting cut off i didn't know we were in empire strikes back yet well like, and it's, and it's just the fact that this is the next scene udo walks back in picks up his hand and he's just kind of like trying to hold his hand to, to the stump the and, lo- and he's looking around like i should be able to put this back on <laughs> It is in my in in his head. You know he's got to be going. The only one here who can reattach a hand is me, and I'm going to need two hands to do that. So I'm fucked. Like that's like the frustration must be real in that, right? What about the moment where um the sister tries to have sex with the monster, and it's like the classic monster doesn't know his own strength moment, and when he hugs her, he kills her. Jesus. That was pretty funny. That's another moment where I'm like, okay, this is your weird exploitation version of the 1931 film. This is accidentally dropping a girl in the lake kind of thing. He like grabs her by the throat and then she's like, no, 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 not so hard. And then like hops on top of him. It's like, okay. Okay. Squeeze me tighter, tighter, tighter. You you hear that sound effect. It's just like, Yeah, yeah, he pulls a Lenny exactly. <laughs> Lenny from of Mice and Men, just like, stop petting the rabbit so hard. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel this worked as again, it's as parody and as exploitation. I think this film really works well. Um, is it good acting? Is it good storytelling? No, but it's not trying to be those things. Uh, good times. I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it, Brian. Uh, I enjoyed it more than I did the next movie. <laughs> I tell you, I guess the first time I saw Flesh for Frankenstein was back when I was doing horror, etc. And somebody was like, I think it was Anthony, was like, I don't know, they just put all these movies in the videos nasties list for no reason. There's nothing in that movie that would uh, like. It. So then I'm like, <laughs> this, this is the only one where you watch so, it and you go. But I watch no, it, I and it. Like, the minute he starts having sex with a wound, I'm like, I think this is what got it on the list. I think this is the moment right here. So I had to go back on there and be like, oh, I hate to bring this up, but I think we figured out what the problem is. <laughs> but imagine being told that going in, like, because there were a lot of those movies on the videos nasty list that I watched that were there for no reason, you know. Yeah. And, this one, I'm like, okay, like I don't support banning movies, but in a world where you're banning movies, I do get it. Like, it's not, it's not far fetched. So you you guys do know that. So while this is, you know, quote fingers, a Warhol movie, but not a Warhol movie. Uh, you know, he did shoot a lot of like short films and stuff. Do you get? Okay. Do you guys? Do you guys know what his first film was? No, no. It was it was called Blowjob. Right. And it's a close-up of a dude's face while he's getting a blowjob. Yeah. Well, that's 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 it. That's I art. Really, I don't really want to watch that. 
What's a gift? He, Andy Warhol was a fucking douchebag. Fuck Andy Warhol. <laughs> These movies have made me hate him. All I like, all I know of Andy Warhol is isn't he responsible for the picture where it's like the same guy a whole bunch of times in a row, but the pictures are different colors? Isn't that him? Uh, Campbell Soup Can. Yeah. Oh, here's here's a little bit of trivia I didn't know. So it, even though it was shot in 3D, it was shot with something called Space Vision, which wasn't the red and green glasses. It was the one where one of the lenses was slightly polarized. Okay. So you don't uh, lose as much color. So my feeling on that is like he, these guys being quote unquote artists probably just thought they were being better than everybody else. But, you know, by making it a different way, according to the Wikipedia page, I was reading it and I think it's, I forget who, I think Morrissey is the one that says that um, Roman Polanski told him to go make a 3d Frankenstein movie. And I don't I have trouble accepting that that is fact, but (laughs) that's what he says. Polanski does have a cameo in the next one. He does. Yeah, but I don't know as who because uh, after this movie, I was pretty checked out of the next one. All right, well, uh, all right. I can't well, believe no, that so, this is the so, one that upset you. Like <laughs> this one to oh, me no, was no. fun. I'm... Dracula, Dracula upset me way more than anything else. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say this. This one's interesting because I'd like to say whether or not I recommend this movie, but. I think you're not legally allowed to recommend this movie. <laughs> oh, I think it's, yeah, you don't want to be, <laughs> you don't want it anywhere, like, you don't want anywhere on a list where it says, like, who recommended this movie to you? And they go, yeah. oh, yeah, that was, that was those guys. You violate some kind no. of international treaty by suggesting Listen, someone watch this film. Look, we've, we've told you what this movie is. I think we've made it very clear. I think it's gross and disgusting and awesome in places and funny in places and disturbing in places. And if you watch it, that's your decision. I'm not recommending it or not recommending it I just, for the for the Udo I, completionist in you. I absolutely recommend if you're not going to watch the movie because you don't want to watch the disturbing sex scenes and the children playing with body parts and all the incest. If all that's too much for you, the decapitation scene, it must be on YouTube or something. Um, oh, my God, it's so good. <laughs> just, if you just, speak, if you speak Italian. Apparently, the Italian dub of the film has completely different dialogue. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Maybe I'll show it to my mom and see what she thinks. She speaks uh, Italian. It was <laughs> said made it's, to be more comedic? Yeah, something. Yeah, it was made to be okay. funny or something. Right. And, and then the Spanish version was uh, I would translate, just, translated from the Italian version. So, Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, I, I have to say this is a person who fucking loves Italian movies. If the Italians re-edit your movie because <laughs> it needs to be lighter, then you have messed up. You've done something <laughs> so horribly wrong. I would casually point out Italians in the 70s as well. Like, right, right. <laughs> it's a solid point, actually. I, li- I, I You know what? I'm going to go. I was say I like this movie. I'm glad I watched this movie again. I hadn't seen it in a long, long time. And it's upsetting in the right ways. It's I'm. I'm glad I watched it and have it now in my brain space to, I don't know, feed some kind of horrible, delusional nightmares whenever I'm an old man. I don't know if I would just watch it again for any given reason. 
I would say that I'm glad that I, we're discussing it in a streaming era where we could like point people to it. Because could you imagine if you did see this at like a midnight screening and then tried to convince people it existed? And you're like, no, seriously, no, it's like, trust me, this exists. They'd be like, no, no, it does not. Show me the VHS. Show me the VHS. Where's it at? We're making shit up. I traded it at a convention. <laughs> I got this copy of Elf. <laughs> All right. Well, Noah, do you want to break down Blood for Dracula? Yeah. So, Dracula. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would like to say it's Dracula, but everyone's rapists, uh, which is pretty close to being accurate. But it's. I mean, so it's Dracula with it. I don't. I don't know. It's it's such a complete reframing of the story, though. So instead of Dracula being an unstoppable super monster, he's actually a sickly and frail creature who requires the blood of virgins to uh, continue existing. Which this might be where that comes from, because I. Sometimes in TV shows, they always talk about like they even do in what we do in the shadows. They talk about vampires drinking virgin blood, but I can never remember a single piece of media where that's the case other than this. Uh, So so basically him and his Renfield uh, travel to Italy because I don't know. Italians. More, more virgins in Italy because yeah, there's more, more virgins uh, in religious Italy country. Because they're more religious, and apparently he's never been to Italy. <laughs> uh, they fall in with this family who's on hard times, but have multiple daughters, and they're trying to convince them that Dracula wants to marry one of their daughters. Which I suppose probably isn't completely inaccurate because he does want to just drink her supple virgin blood. But, I mean, she'd come back as a vampire, so I guess they'd probably still get married or something. Uh, And he's having a hard go of it because if he drinks non-virgin blood, he gets very sick. And as it turns out, most of these daughters are hearers. (laughs) Nasty, nasty, incestuous hearers. Yeah. What the fuck? I thought it was yeah. weird enough that like one of them was like, oh, I'm going to have sex with the handyman and then my sisters are going to watch. But then cut to all the sisters making out and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And I was like, God damn it, Doug and Noah making me watch this. So my first major question about this film is this. Why is the elder sister 50 years older than the other sisters? Can anyone explain that to me? Because every time they're on the screen together, you're like, what in the I, fuck? I am just going to be honest here and tell you that there's so much wrong with this movie that I never got that far down the list oh, of questions. Oh, my God. It, me- it messed me up because it's like so the well, first of all, here's some problems for you guys. Uh, the, the plot revolves around the four sisters, the youngest of whom is explicitly said to be 14 mm-hmm. in the film. Who's then shown mostly naked several times. Who you're like, no, she's supposed to be 14. Please, please stop. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then upon discovering Dracula's secret uh, by the same. So it's all the same actors. We should mention that. 
Yeah. But the guy who played the the hornier dude in Frankenstein is now their manservant who's also just like I don't he's supposed to be a communist but he sure yeah. as fuck talks like an Italian fascist. So I don't know if maybe yeah. they just don't understand the politics of that era. It's very strange cuz he talks about like he talks about socialism and stuff but then he's also yeah. like He's even got a, like a hammer and sickle hanging on the wall behind him. They're not subtle about the fact that he's a commie. Right. But nothing he talks about is espousing socialism. It's really weird. No, it's yeah. And I don't know if I don't know if that was intended as like commentary on the idea that fascists sometimes masquerade as socialists or if maybe what I don't know, but it, whatever it was, it didn't work. Partly because they keep having him give these political speeches and then you're like, I wonder what he was trying to get across their eyes raping someone again. Yep, I was going to say so. So he's also a rapist and I think he's supposed to be the hero of the movie, which uh, I take issue with that. Fuck. Oh, the I I'll say flat out like I told you, I don't know if I could recommend the other movie or not. I do not recommend this one because. I get doing things on screen to make people upset, but the raping is just unacceptable in this movie. It's, it's there's so much of it. There's so much of it. It's not necessary plot wise. The way it's portrayed too is like he rapes girls and then the next day he's having consensual sex with them, and it's like no, like if he's doing uh, it's, these things, I would I would argue it's worse than that. Like okay, because yeah. it can it continually is a thing where he's violent with them. He sexually assaults them and then they're okay with it yes yeah you're right and it's not acceptable it's It's really bad yeah it's really bad it it, it, like i don't know the way it's it's that is done 30 times this movie (laughs) yeah the way it's the way it's portrayed the fact that it one of the times the girl's 14 all of it is just it's it, I wasn't like upset with it the way you get upset watching certain exploitation films. I was angered by watching the movie and being like, why would you do this? Why would you have these scenes? And they're not really necessary. Like it could just be regular sex scenes and it would be fine. You know, the idea that he's constantly raping these women and they're okay with it. I mean, we're, it's not okay. And I, I found it very, it angered me to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say the, perhaps the only redeeming good thing in the entire film is Udo's Dracula portrayal. And once again, it's got the same deliberate staccato delivery that every character is doing that in, in this movie, it's even more pronounced. It's like they made flesh for Frankenstein and they're like, Hey, let's do that again. That is worse. I think that is what happened, to be yeah. fair. I think it's literally, they're like, that was fun. Let's do it again. And they made Frankenstein. So the next time they just made Dracula because the two go hand in hand as we're proving this month. But um, yeah, I, I would even go as far as like when you talk about his performance, I would say I'll give you half of his performance. Um, the whiny bitch element of his performance, I could I was just like, this is not what I want from my Dracula at all. When like, he's like basically pouting because he has to go on a road trip and he's like trying to get out of going and he's all mad every time. Like, and I'm like that, 
I don't want to listen to that at all. Now, when he goes into full gross out mode, like that first time he drinks blood and he comes out and like there's some spilling out of his mouth. That's real fun. When oh, he yeah. starts, and then he when spends he starts five vomiting. and a half minutes of vomiting blood into a bathtub. Yeah, yeah. When, like when he starts vomiting and like one of like every time he drinks non-virgin blood, he goes through these fits where he's vomiting and shit. I really enjoyed that because it was gross and disgusting. And the one time he's like vomiting into a bidet and I'm like, somebody's butt was just there. That's fun. Like, I don't know. Like, he just, he deserves that. Um, so all like all that element of it, I liked. And like when they, at the end, when they hack him to pieces with an ax, I enjoyed watching that. But when he was like talking and shit, I didn't like listening to him at all. I didn't like the, the portrayal of the character. And that's not on the performance as much as it's on like the writer of the, this, if there even is a writer. Paul Morris. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know how much they have a script they had and how much of it was them making shit up on the day. Me neither. So. Yeah, Ho's not a fan. Too rapey. Too, uh, again, still upset that I've not seen a decent adaptation of the actual book. Um, I did find that the three sisters... It was interesting how you sort of know that Dracula has the three vampire brides back at his castle. So the sisters were kind of a stand-in for that, which I thought was like, oh, okay, I see what they did there. Too bad it's gross and incestuous and rapey. Okay. I could live with the incestuous part because, you know, it's still two naked girls kissing in your movie. I can live with that part as long as you take out the rapey part. Um, about... Well, so if once again it follows a horrible scene that we don't need to talk about. But how about whenever he's licking that virgin blood off the floor? Oh. Yeah, I did like when um, when they're staying at the inn and there's like a car accident and whatever Dracula's assistant, like Todd or whatever the fuck his name is, he runs out and dips blood in the dips bread in the blood on the ground and brings the bread back for Dracula to eat. So because a little kid got hit by a car, so he presumes it's a virgin. I, I liked that. That was funny. Um, I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, so bad, bad movie, but it's got like, I don't know, there's some bones there that I feel like somebody else could take and make a good movie with. I kind of like this idea of this frail aristocratic weakling is Dracula. There's something, I don't know. I I feel like there's something interesting there to be told. I think it would work better if he changed his name and didn't make him Dracula just because it's not, then you're not expecting anything from it. Right. It was Alucard instead. Okay. Well, (laughs) I don't know. That idea is good. Everything else is bad. <laughs> um, but the only thing I did like is him running around the, the castle, getting his arms and legs chopped off. Yeah, that's pretty great. And then uh, the weird rapey manservant guy stabs him through the chest with the, the axe handle. And then sisters like falls on top of it. In desperation. Yeah. The, the oldest sister who we were unaware had been bitten at some point. <laughs> just yeah. suicides herself on it. Is it supposed to be some kind of weird? Like, was she the virgin in the end? Is that the weird commentary they were going with? I don't. They, well, they never explicitly said, but I think at the end, whenever she's screaming, she has fangs. So, yeah, yeah. she does. 
maybe it's I, I don't know maybe there was some bad editing at some point which like, I, if, I kind it, of don't doubt because this movie has a bunch of glaring issues with it yeah like well, the so fact that a, Dracula's coffin bed is nailed closed yeah why why would it be nailed closed if he's sleeping in it what why why would you well, does it does he nail it closed every night does he get ask, up get out I, and nail it closed again can I ask you another question just why is it in the movie because they go through a whole thing where he won't leave his castle because he won't have a coffin with him. So they put it on the roof of the car and then they drive to Italy from Romania with it on the roof of the car. And then Transylvanian they Hills, that is. They make the they force the servant to carry it in so he can sleep in it in his room. But then the servant refuses to put it in the room and puts it in the chapel. So he doesn't actually sleep in it. So I'd reiterate, why is it in this movie? If he's not going to sleep in it, what was all that for? Other than adding runtime to your shitty movie. Which, thank God, because if they needed to add runtime and they didn't have a casket, they would have had another rape scene. So I I didn't like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Blood for Dracula, a.k.a. Young Dracula. I'm not sure why it's called Young Dracula. It's called Young Dracula. All these movies have a bunch of titles. I don't know why. Young throw Dracula. That, throw that or, shit in the trash. He's putting makeup on and dyeing his hair black. Does that make no damn sense? Yeah, I don't understand. The whole yeah, opening it's not worth seeing. It's not even worth seeing if you're an Udo completionist. I don't think there's any such thing as an Udo completionist. I think you made that up. <laughs> uh, I bet there is. People love that Udo Kier. Again, like if you can find the scenes of him like drinking blood and then reacting when he realizes it's not virgin blood, if you can find just those scenes, yeah, those are worth a watch. Get on YouTube and look up (laughs) Udo licks blood off floor. Yeah. (laughs) So gross. But yeah, like I have a problem overeating. You should have that on repeat. You'd be like, I never <laughs> want to eat anything ever again. <laughs> I'm just going to have a bite of this nice cheeseburger and I'll do a little floor. Okay, we're done. Can I ask you guys like a side question? Did you understand when this was supposed to be set? Like, it seems like Dracula is like living in an ancient castle, but then he just has a car out front, which is relatively modern. And then they go to like this little Italian villa and everybody seems to be living like it's the 1500s or something. But then when they go into the house, they still they have like full, like modern efficiencies in the house. I don't understand well, what I this movie is. Uh, I think it's supposed to be pre-World War II. Okay. Because if it was post-World War II, Italy would look very different. Yeah, I can. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> um But yeah, it just, it seemed very strange to me. It seemed like the way people were dressed and stuff felt like, I don't know, 15 or 1600s kind of thing. Like when you would expect a Dracula story to be set. And then a lot of the stuff felt very modern. And maybe that's just because they were filming in locations that had been modernized and they didn't have any choice. I don't know. No. Yeah. In this one, it's got like, it's got themes to it that make sense. Cause there's this, there is a through line of the idea of, Dracula representing the old school aristocracy 
and the uh, the rapist representing the working man, I guess, rising up. But I, they kind of once again, they missed the mark in the fact that I there's this great idea to be told of them rejecting the aristocracy and overthrowing them only to replace it with fascism, which is what Italy did, which is, I mean, which is a interesting thing to talk about that, you know, just because you got rid of the bad thing doesn't mean your new thing is good. But instead they just went with, uh, two hours of sexual assaults. Yeah. Very unpleasant ones. Uh, Yeah. Did did they ever explain why Dracula's portrayed as a vegetarian? Well, he's, He's not completely vegetarian. They even explain he can eat meat, but it has to be virgin meat. And because they can't, none of these farmers apparently take the time to make sure their pigs and cows ain't fucking. Oh, but veal is a delicacy in in Italian food. So you'd be able to get veal, which is presumably virgin. You would, you would think so. That's that's a we found a flaw in the film that I hadn't even thought of until just now because I was so grossed out by the other stuff. Do not do not recommend. Do not watch. No, I don't. I, this one I think is pretty easy to to write off. There's a reason why Flesh for Frankenstein is the better known of the two films, and it's because even if you don't like this style of filmmaking, it's not offensive to your basic morals as a human being. You can you can watch it for free on Vudu with. Uh, commercials and that price is too high yeah well it's funny because i had to, to get a trial membership of shutter in order to watch this because i couldn't find it anywhere and i'm like i wonder why this isn't streaming anywhere and it's like oh and then i watch it i'm like that's why nobody wants to be associated with this i had to pay for a month of shutter i'm already I'm mad at you not, guys for having uh, to pay for a month of something i already pay for shutter so i just want to you don't own you don't just have a second email address apparently it's smarter than that <laughs> Oh, Mine, uh, I had to sign up through my computer. I couldn't sign up through my TV for my yeah son, that, my son's free trial of Shutter. That that was the issue. We we were trying to. I was so, about, Lando, so Lando can watch Blood from Dracula. It's well, it's so funny because I told him he signed up for a free month of the streaming service, and he's like, "Can I watch something on it?" And I'm like, "There's nothing on there you can watch." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, because we were at the hotel and I watched it while uh, Char and Anna were down at the pool. Holy shit. (laughs) Well, obviously couldn't watch either of these movies while anyone was in the room. (laughs) No. Oh, you don't think so? I don't know why. (laughs) Char just starts smacking you in the face. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, every time she'd walk into the room, I'd shut off the TV like it was porn. Like, ah! <laughs> what do you mean? Like it was porn? <laughs> porn, you porn implies it was porn. no. Porn implies that it's enjoyable. Well, maybe there's just my, some weirdos out there. There's my wife just sat on the couch going, "What the fuck is this?" Like, it's not good. She's like, "This movie is ridiculous." So, not a recommend. Move on. Flesh for Frankenstein, maybe. Blood for Dracula, no. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. 
Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. What's everybody watched this last episode? A couple things. Watch Werewolf by Night, of course. Yep. Because you know I did. Do we want to get into that? Or do we want to... Because I'm sure we've all seen it. I mean, I, I suppose we should probably do a spoiler thing at the end for people who don't know who the fuck Werewolf by Night is. I didn't have a clue. Like, I mean, it's... I guessed he was a werewolf. And well, yeah, I was I was getting ready to say. Spoiler. He's werewolf. Since his, his fucking name. <laughs> well, it's also like the way the show is done. It's like, I wonder which one of these characters is the werewolf. It's that one. It's the guy right there. He's the werewolf. Like, it's, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's the guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we can we can talk about it spoilery at the end. Although, so spoiler free version is great. Watch it. Yeah, I don't I don't really have any complaints. I, I've seen some people complaining. So if you're a diehard man thing fan, you may or may not be upset about this version of it. But I I just I don't think it's that far off from the comic representation. You just don't get to spend a lot of time with him. Yeah, I, do. I don't know either of these characters at all. So, oh man, uh, they're, my, they're my favorite. I fucking love the horror characters. Man Thing is like Marvel's version of Swamp Thing, but Man yeah. Thing, Man Thing debuted like two months before Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah, and, I'm, uh, I, I know them by reputation, but I don't. Yeah. I've never read a comic or. As it turns out, if you don't have Alan Moore write a bunch of the best comic books ever, you don't become as popular. No. Um, and and you don't someone someone at Marvel decides not to uh, really think about what they're doing and release a comic called Giant Size Man Thing. But <laughs> also, and then also, <laughs> also something that's along the lines of feel the burning touch of man thing. <laughs> All right. Okay. I listen, I'm trying to be an adult, but that is, that's too much. There's no reason to be an adult about this particular topic of conversation. <laughs> right. Well, anyways, we'll come back to that. Uh, the other thing I watched, of course, was Hellraiser. That doesn't seem to be available here yet. Well, which is has, super. Has it showed up on Disney plus yet? No, I went looking. Which is no, a weird it, sentence to say. It's so weird because that I don't think is available here and the Munsters isn't available here. And I'm like, are we back to an era where Canada is getting stuff later than the States? Like, I thought we were well past that. It's been like 20 years since the last time something came out there and not here. But it's funny. Weird. I have really mixed feelings about it. I really enjoyed it. I think if it wasn't a Hellraiser movie, I might like it more. Perfectly fine with it. Did you see? I don't. I, I don't. I think it's because I like the mythos and stuff of the Hellbound Heart and all the books and the comic books and the movies and all that kind of stuff. And this just completely fucking ignores all of it. Yeah, but which is uh, which is weird because they were advertising it as this is going to be closer to the version from Hellbound Heart, and it's like no, it's not. It's not remotely close to that. <laughs> like, I never heard that. But. No, I mean, it's a complete, uh, complete reboot, complete, uh, I don't want to say remake cause it doesn't follow the same story, but just 
starting up. Well, it doesn't follow the same story or the same rules. I mean, it's yeah. it's got a completely different. I don't know. Like like I said, if it wasn't, if I wasn't comparing it to uh, one of the best horror movies ever fucking made, maybe I'd like it more. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, mixed feelings. I the horror the horror stuff I like all the all the Cenobite stuff I'm into, all the violent stuff I'm into. The story was fine, but I feel like the mechanics of all of it are fucking dumb compared to the original stuff. If it helps, Clyde Barker was pretty hands-on during the whole thing. Yeah, but creators can fuck their own stuff up, too. <laughs> all right. I agree with that. I'm just saying, well, there was always there's always the note in the original movies of that the Cenobites aren't bad. In, in a certain way of thinking, because they're only there to get the people who request it, essentially. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to you have to go out of your way, get the box, want to open the box. And, and then you get God. I mean, that's the whole reason why they were willing to, like, make the deal with Kirsty and stuff in the first movie and all. You know what I mean? Because she opened the box out of ignorance, not out of desire. And in this one, it's like, no, fuck it. Sacrifice people to the box. <laughs> Which is just a dumber. To me, that's a dumber idea. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get, well, I guess we can get more into it when Doug sees it. Yeah. yeah. But it looks, it, it looks great. And I'm not saying don't watch it. So everyone should watch it. I mean, it's, it wasn't a poorly made movie. I just well, have weird feelings toward it. You, you might be in luck because the uh, supposed... The uh, Hellraiser series going on at HBO still moving forward. That's just crazy. How the fuck are both of those things happening? Uh, I don't know. Apparently, Clyde Barker's a producer on that one too. It's just really strange. I don't. I just don't understand how two different groups have rights to it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I would assume one of them's movie rights, the other one's television rights. They can't be separate, but. Seems weird to divvy it up that way. Maybe some of those. It's like a Chucky versus Child's Play thing going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's it. That's all I had time to watch. I watched like the first episode of Dahmer. That's about. Oh, Char all over that one. Uh, she, she's been okay so far, but uh, actually, we're like three or four into it now, and she's uh, every time he goes out to the shed to dissect something, she gets a little squirrely. But did you explain to her that he really dissected these things? So, therefore, it's okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is a real thing he's doing. Yeah, this is an actual thing. This isn't. They didn't make this up. This isn't made up for the movie. So it's okay. Uh, sure. So Would you watch Doug? Uh, let's see. I watched a really excellent Norwegian film called The Innocence, which kind of made a splash when it was doing like the indie theater run last year. Uh, but I never got around to seeing it. Have you guys heard of this one? No. So it's like a creepy, weird thriller. And it is basically this girl and her autistic sister move to a new like neighborhood. And they start to realize that like kids in that neighborhood, some of them have sort of like superpowers and can do weird things. And then they start to realize that they, um, those powers are increased as these kids are together 
like if they're standing literally if they're standing side by side their powers are much stronger than if they're not and things like that um and it becomes pretty obvious that one of those kids is gonna go bad it's, i don't think it's really a spoiler um but it's a it's just a really really well made film really solid performances from all the kid actors which is weird to say um <laughs> so does this does this movie end with the message of if one of your uh friends does something you don't like that you shun them <laughs> because that sounds like that solves the issue they're all like we're gonna go stand over here fuck you it's well as their power grows they no longer need to be near each other as much uh, so um you know but uh yeah it's it's just it's a really excellent movie it has a lot of heart to it there's one of the things that happens is like the autistic girl um she hasn't spoken they they go through how long it's been in dialogue how long it's been since she's spoken and with these other kids that can now like kind of communicate with her telepathically they help her to actually be able to express herself and stuff and it's like it's actually kind of touching and heartwarming meanwhile being like in weird evil supervillain origin story of like and these other kids having to figure out how to deal with that Uh, it's very subdued there's no like big action moments there are action moments but not huge ones um and it's just i don't know the atmosphere of it really worked like i say the performances are solid everything about it just really worked even though it it just moves along slowly and um I don't know, it's, it's a huge recommend, but it's hard to like get into without discussing like, really specific details, which is hard when you haven't seen the movie. But um, just, yeah, a combination of creepy, but also still kind of fun to watch. And yeah, it's a huge recommend, and you guys should watch it, and then we'll discuss it in better detail, because I'm doing a shit job of describing it. Is it uh, sort of like um, Chronicle? So imagine Chronicle, but instead of being found footage, wannabe action-y stuff, it's more like a subdued foreign thriller. Like nobody flies, nobody has like immense super strength or anything like that. It's Everything is just much more subdued. Plot-wise, I think, yeah, to say it's similar to Chronicle is fair. I haven't seen that one in a while, but the whole idea of kids superpowers these kids are much younger as well it's worth noting we're talking like 10 year olds in this movie oh, okay so also really weird to watch foreign movies because these kids are like you know not even maybe not even 10 and they're all living in this neighborhood and parents are just like oh you're going outside take your sister with you like it's the 80s <laughs> it's apparently in, <laughs> i'm like oh you can still do that in other parts of the world that's fun <laughs> like it was. It was. It was. Um, it wasn't played in a way where it felt unnatural. So I'm assuming that, you know, Sorry, that's what happens. I, I obviously can't comment on other cultures very well, but it was that, that part of it was interesting. Where I'm like, they're just allowed to run off. All right. And then, like at one point, I'm like, are they trying to make this set in the 80s? And then, like, nope. There's a cell phone. <laughs> like it's. Take your sister with you, but mom. Yeah. That's how it is. Yep. <laughs> it's literally that moment happens in this movie. Except you have to read the you have to read the but mom part because it's not in English, but region? Yep. Ah, sure. 
Sorry, is that whatever that is? Do you do you feel that that's accurate? Nope. Some Norwegian person is going to write in and be like, "That's racially offensive," and I'm going to be like, "Oh shit." It's either look, it's either racially offensive because you did it wrong, or you nailed it just right, and then it's cultural appropriation. So either way, you're in trouble. (laughs) I'm screwed. (laughs) It's. Um, so I like that's a huge recommend. The only other thing I've watched really, because I've got this uh, one week of shutter, I've been making my way through Creep Show, yeah. which I'd seen season one, so I just started with season two. Um, I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. I've heard like very mixed reviews of it. I think it's all fine, and every now and again, one of the stories is quite good. I'm like partway through season three now, but. Most of it's okay, and then some of it's really good. None of it's terrible. So I thought most of season one was okay, and then I got into season two and was just like, I don't think I'm enjoying any of these episodes. No. So I just stopped watching it. Okay. I mean, that's fair. The, I think it's season three, episode one. There's an episode that's it's based on a Joe Hill story, and it's quite good. Um, it's pretty typical stuff, but... If you get a chance, I'd probably check that one out. It has Ethan Embry in it. Who every now and again shows up in weird horror stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's alive. Um, I like him. Yep. Yeah. He's good in it. He plays a piece of shit in it, but he does a good job of playing that piece of shit. Um, it's weird how he can pull both. Mm-hmm. Either he's like the nicest guy in the world, or he's a giant piece of shit. Doesn't seem to have a middle ground. It can't. To be fair, I, it's not like I'm checking his IMDb. Maybe he has a ton of movies where he plays the middle ground. And I just only remember him from a couple of things. But, but there's there's an episode in this where a guy is uh, collecting human skeletons and they come to life and we get um, like Jason and the Argonauts style like skeletons fighting on screen with swords and everything. And I'm like pretty good like i don't know it's weird that you had to go through all these steps to get there but now that i'm watching this i'm like pretty happy to be watching it and there's one where like um this little girl is like little girl like caller 13 14 is like going to her student counselor or school counselor and being like i'm pretty sure my brother's trying to kill me and the whole thing she's going through it and then the big twist you get about halfway through the episode is that, yeah, she's a vampire. That's why her brother's trying to fucking kill her, because she killed the rest of the family, and he's the only one left. <laughs> and it's... I did see that one. It's. It, I just thought it was fun. I mean, you know, all each story is like, you know, 22 minutes long kind of thing. So I find them a lot of them are quite fun. Um, and then the ones that aren't are fine. They kill the time. A lot of it might be because I'm watching it around Halloween and it, like anthology horror stuff to me is very Halloweeny, you know. Yeah. So it's working for me and makes good background noise. So do either one of you remember an anthology show called Night Visions? It was on CBS down here in the States. Sounds it, was, it was hosted yeah. by Henry Rollins. He was like the Rod Serling of this one. No. I don't remember that at all. Because they re-ran it on like the Sci-Fi Channel for a while. Remember that show being? Remember a couple episodes of that show being really good? And it's not like available anywhere. You can't just like buy the DVD set or. That's so weird because a lot a lot of times when stuff like that's not available, you can just find it on YouTube. Like it. And... You, you can find episodes, but I mean they're pretty horrible quality. Yeah. There's some episodes I really liked of that show, but. 
Yeah, cause it's like a lot of the anthology stuff that goes back to 80s, like the TV stuff is like it's hard to kind of watch it sometimes because it's just 80s TV. I tried to rewatch all of Amazing Stories once and I'm like, there were individual episodes that held up, but some of them were just hard to sit through. And it wasn't, it's just the aesthetic and everything of 80s television that is hard to watch now. Did you see the one with David Carradine? The weird creatures that live underground? No, I don't think so. It's one of the very few that I remember and I remember it creeped me out enough that I looked it up when I got older. It was still creepy. Yeah. And he like digs this big hole, like this big like well. I think he's digging a well, this is what it is. Breaks through and it's almost like bottomless. So he sends this like almost like an elevator down just to see how far down it goes. And then something underground like tears it up. He's like, Well, what the fuck? So then he sends like a lantern or something down. And when he pulls it back up, it's been replaced with like this bucket of gold or something. So he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to send down like all kinds of stuff. So he sends like this huge barrel full of flashlights and they just tear it up. And so he pulls it back up and he's like, well, what the fuck? So he gets pissed, dresses up in like military gear, and, like lowers himself down. And then when his wife pulls it, pulls the thing back up, his suit's empty, but it's just full of gold now because the fucking monsters ate him. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, it was like, like a, a really good episode. Um, there's obviously a lot more to it than that, but it's just like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm just, it's uh, good anthology shows on TV. Yeah. Maybe I should retry season. Maybe I should start with season three creep show. Season three, episode one, like to say, I think it's the very first story is it's quite good. It's not it's not groundbreaking. It, that's but that's I don't really want my anthology stories to be groundbreaking. Yeah. I just want them to be like a fun little watch. So I'd give that one a Give that one a shot and see uh, what you think. And then track down the one about like the guy that collects horror memorabilia because that's the one with the fighting skeletons and it's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I I like I say I I don't want to pray over praise it because it's not like if I don't get it finished before my free week is up, I'm not going to pay for a month to watch more of it. But you know, next year when I try an, uh, another free. A week with a different email, then I'll watch the rest of it then. So that's the level of enjoyment I'm getting from it. But so, yeah, that's all I've had time to watch is because I've kind of gotten hooked on that. I made it through like a season and a half already. So what about um, you, Brian? Well, this I'd... weekend I went to a drive-in event, two nights of like drive-in stuff. Um, so I won't you, have to go. you can just read the list. It's going to take 20 minutes. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I'm not, uh, not going to go into detail on most of them. Uh, there was two films that I hadn't ever, I'd never seen before. So I okay. the drive-in. Uh, those were actually the first two. So they started it off with the Romero version of the crazies, which I had never seen. Yeah. Um, I had seen the remake. I really enjoyed it. So I was definitely interested in checking this one out and I found it very boring. Yeah. I see. I don't understand. I don't understand why you think it's boring. Because uh, the entire movie is just about the bureaucracy of uh, government shit. Like, yeah. anytime they're trying to go through the process of trying to figure out what's going on, it's usually overly complicated because of the, you know, the government agency is making it that way. And that's fine. What? A Ramiro movie with a right. overly heavy political theme? Right. That should be obvious. 
But I feel like, you know, getting psyched up for like a drive-in event. Maybe this was not the movie to start on. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Didn't enjoy it. Found it very boring. Maybe if uh, I get a chance, I'll rewatch it at some point. Sitting well, in the room, but you're wrong about it. So it's not <laughs> okay. bad. Then not. It's a good one to rewatch. Um, but I really did enjoy their. their yeah, they're very different films. I don't even really consider them the same. Oh yeah, completely. I do. I do like the remake as well. It's just a. It's not at all. It's more of an action movie. Uh, and then the next one, which I hadn't seen before, but pretty much know everything about, was uh, Song Like Green. Oh yeah. Well, Chuck Heston. Isn't it a surprisingly good movie? It is. It's a weird, like, future dystopian movie, yeah. which I, I mean, I kind of knew that it took place a little bit in the future, but I didn't didn't realize it was like the overpopulation problem and all like they show all these things where like nobody can have air conditioning because the takes too much energy and then like mm-hmm. people there's not even enough room to live so people literally just sleep on stairways in apartment buildings yeah like like, r- like real problems we're having in the world now you mean yeah. those that's what they're showing yeah <laughs> like, I think sure i mean but it's like exaggerated to like the hundredth degree in this movie I'm not sure if it is, though, because I'm pretty sure like it's illegal to have air conditioning in parts of the world right now because of that. And you could, there's people in Hong Kong who literally rent like cages that are like six foot by four foot to live in because they, there's no space for people to live. So, yeah, but I'm talking about in America where it matters. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> You, you fucking people. <laughs> um, but even though I did know what the ending was, which I explained to Amanda that Saturday Night Live ruined that for me forever ago. Um, I still really enjoyed it. I thought it played out really well. Yeah, I, I remember watching it thinking um, like it was just not anticipating enjoying it as a movie. And then thinking, oh, it's like it's an actual good movie. Like it's not just a shock ending. It's fine. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I thought it was just going to be two hours of nonsense followed by it's people. Sonic Green is people. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you know what fucked it up, right? What? Phil fucking Hartman, man. That's, that's what that, I said. That's what I said. That's Saturday Night Live. It ruined it for me. Like, yeah, forever. yeah. It fucked, it fucked it up for everybody forever. <laughs> Can't do it. And so when the movie is over, because Amanda had never heard of it before. And I was like, oh, you don't know anything about it? She's like, no. I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you. There's, there's a big reveal in the movie. And she's like, okay. Then, when, you know, when when they show in the factory of what Soylent Green is made out of, she just looked at me. She's like, it's people? And I'm like, it's fucking people. So as soon as the movie was over, I showed her the skit, and she was, like, dying laughing. Soylent cow patties are people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then after that, uh, we followed it up with John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, you know, perfect movie. No notes. Uh, and then they followed that up with another John Carpenter movie, In the Mouth of Badness. Oh, that's which, a really good one. Which seems like a weird movie to to watch at the drive-in. Yes, I agree. Um, but it was still enjoyable. Um, I mean, I only ever watched it on video growing up, so didn't even get the luxury of like seeing it in a theater. So when part when he walks, you know, into the abandoned theater to watch himself on screen, there's no, that meta thing doesn't work, but 
Yeah. Whatever. Um, still had a good time. And that's uh, right after that movie is when I realized, well, after I stood up to stretch, that there was frost on the front of my sleeping bag that I was <laughs> huddled up in as I sat in my chair. So I'm like, you know what? Probably a good time to leave because it was fucking cold this weekend. Yeah. So we missed out I, on Videodrome. I know you guys like to sit in those lawn chairs and stuff. I just mm-hmm. kind of like to sit in my car and I have a little mini heater thing that like you oh, can no. sit in like your uh cup holder that oh, just no, no. keeps it just toasty enough well you think sitting, like sitting in the car you would go in the car if it was cold outside that seems nope. like a solution rather than leaving nope uh because like literally can't turn the car on because the headlights will come on yeah um and the windows will fog so then it's like well what's the point of sitting in the car you might as well just All right. so we left so we didn't get to see video drama, which Amanda's never seen. And I thought it was probably best because I don't know if I had a drive in at three o'clock in the morning when she's half asleep is the best way to watch video drama. Or is it? Maybe it is. Really? I re- I feel like she really wouldn't have respected the chest vagina. Yeah. That needs, to, that needs to be seen three o'clock in the morning in her house when she's half asleep. That's how you really get video drama. I don't know if you should watch Videodrome around other people. The whole idea seems like maybe you should be alone in your basement watching that. Oh, no. There should be other people upstairs, but you don't tell them what you're doing down there and you watch it. It feels it should it should feel nefarious when you watch that movie. I, uh, I showed it to my my friend that I'm educating on horror movies. And uh, he really liked it because it was really fucked up and weird and at home. And then the next day he saw his dad. He's like, oh, yeah, I just watched video drum yesterday. And his dad just immediately started laughing. Uh, yeah. Date day two. Uh, they started everything off with uh, probably the patron saint of uh, our podcast and the podcast we did before this. Uh, chopping. So watching Chopping Mall to drive in. I have to assume that this time it was bad. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen. That's not even something we joke about here, Noah. <laughs> so I have now had the luxury in the past couple of years of seeing Chopping Mall in a movie theater and a drive-in. This is bullshit. I want to see it on the big screen. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so you know, was, if we weren't recording right now, I'd be at a screening of uh, Evil Dead 2. That was my other option for plans <laughs> for this evening. You could blame Kevin Smith for making you go watch Clerks 3 tomorrow. Well, if I wasn't watching Clerks 3, I wouldn't have. It's a long story. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so they followed that up with the Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Ah, uh, fuck yeah. yeah. So that was a fantastic that's, watch. That's a good drive in one, too, with all the over the oh, top yeah. deaths and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I w- Let me finish with the list and I'll question the movies that we didn't stick around for because, once again, it was super three, cold. Three and four, so good. Um, and then, uh, the, the last one we stayed for was another John Carpenter movie and it was the fall, uh, which is a lot of fun to watch at a drive-in. Yeah. That would be. I uh, drive in. Yeah. Well, this one was like four hours away from my house. So yeah, that's worth it. Uh, so the movies we didn't stick around for, cause once again, it's freezing out was, uh, the changeling and psycho two. And I feel like those were bad movies to put on at the end of the night. The Changeling is a very, very slow movie. 
to have it on that late in the process, like yeah, it would have been seems like dangerous. Started at about two a.m. Maybe. Yeah, yeah like I, I don't know. That, that feels like you're setting yourself up to fall asleep, not because it's a bad movie, but just because it's. Yeah. I feel like the Changeling should be the cool off movie, right? You like play the first movie, bring everybody in hot, yeah, play the Changeling, off. bring everyone down, then bring it back up. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't know if I'd want to watch the Changeling as part of a string of movies. Like I'd watch the Changeling and I'd be happy to watch the Changeling, but I don't know if I'd watch it along with three or four other movies. A sure. dusk, a dusk till dawn atmospheric horror marathon. Yeah. That I think that'd be considered like torture in some <laughs> it countries. Would, it, it would be. <laughs> so they like, like to strap a buzzer to you that shocks you every time you fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like if they would have switched the changeling and Nightmare on Elm Street three, that would have been better. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street three, like kind of it really goes like from start to finish. So I figured that would have been enough. Like, okay, this is high energy. Everybody's going to wake up, watch this movie. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're going into the Changeling, and I'm like, we just sat through the fog. And I mean, the fog isn't like doesn't like creep or anything, but it's it's a little bit more subdued than a lot of this yeah. stuff. Now we're going into the Changeling. I was like, it's time to go back. Yeah, to I, I I can see that because you don't want to fall asleep there, right? Like, well, they do allow camping on the premises, but. That one, especially with how fucking cold it was. That's kind of double terrifying because that means there's probably people just straight up banging in them tents. Oh, totally. I don't see how there wouldn't be. Um, even if they would have switched the Changeling and Psycho 2, I may have pushed through to watch Psycho 2. It's at least got enough energy behind it. I could have. So, yep. That was my drive-in weekend. It was a lot of fun, too. That's a pretty good weekend. Uh, I'm curious to see what they're going to do next year because they've done this before. And me, Amanda, and Scott actually were going to go one year. This is when I think the last horror cast was still going. We bought tickets and everything, and then we checked the weather, and it was supposed to do nothing but rain the entire weekend. So we decided, nah, not worth driving that long just to sit and rain yeah, two days straight. That's hard if you have to travel for it and then it rains on you like that. Yeah. It's different if it's close by and you can just go home and not worry about it. Yeah, I feel like I've been watching TV series, but I don't, I don't know. She-Hulk, Daredevil yeah. finally showed up. Yeah, do we want to talk about it? Yeah. I, so, I know people have been throwing a, a little piss baby fits about it. I just, I don't have any notes. I think it's fine. Um, I, I He was clearly behaving in a much more lighthearted manner than what we're used to seeing. No. But I think First of all, I think um, you made a good point, Brian, when you said that when you jump over to somebody else's series, you kind of adopt the tone of that series. Mm -hmm. And then secondarily, I would say, I still think this isn't the same Daredevil. And therefore, he's not he's not going to behave the same as the other one. We're going to get a little bit more of a Disney-fied version. At some point, we got to get used to that. It's this or nothing. So I'm. I mean, that and even if you wanted to call him the same Daredevil, if you just progress his arc, I mean, the whole arc he's been doing in the Netflix show was him becoming a little bit less of a fucking piss baby psychopath. And and maybe this is him healthier. You know what I mean? (laughs) He's not. (laughs) 
Yeah, one of the videos I watched pointed out that uh, the way Daredevil ended on Netflix, it ended on an on an up note. Kingpin, Kingpin had been sent to jail um, through whatever trials and tribulations. Matt and Foggy and Karen were back working together. Like everything ended positively. Only I assume the next season they were going to tear it down again. So they're like, maybe this is just where he's at now after everything the way everything ended on the series. Yeah. I was really, really hoping that the big surprise was going to be uh, Foggy showing up because that's the thing that everybody been like not expecting because everybody knew Charlie Cox was going to be in. Um, and the the video also pointed out that uh, this may be like a like you were saying, Doug. Maybe maybe it's not the Daredevil we know. But I don't. That, I, don't I don't think it is. He's like uh, people have been wondering. Like, is the Netflix show canon? And he's like, from probably a perspective, you could probably say, yes, it is. And no, it isn't like th- they're going to say it's a variant enough that you could say, yeah, everything that happened in the Netflix show happened. But if we decide at some point that something from the Netflix show didn't happen, then it didn't happen. Well, I, you go back to like how Logan handled the um, the X-Men universe being such a mess. And they're like, yeah, like. There's a history. You've heard stories. There's some truth to those stories. Are they accurate? No. Are they inaccurate? Not always. Whatever. You know, we're here now is basically what they said. And I think they'll do the same thing. You know, we they're not going to redo an origin story for, for Daredevil, but they're not going to stick to it in that way. And they can just say, look, what you saw happened in a different universe, but something similar happened here. So get used to it minus probably the defenders stuff <laughs> specifically minus iron fist <laughs> well, i heard like, that we'll like, just sweep him under the rug i heard a rumor they're recasting luke cage as well well i could i believe that probably not because that actor doesn't want to be and probably not because they don't want him but he's on that show evil and it's like oh, big okay. time pretty popular uh, I didn't even know that part. So, show's not bad. CBS. Yeah, show. it's yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um. Uh, I do yeah. like. I I, I kind of like where they're going with the bad guy in this, because they're basically making society the bad guy. <laughs> in She Hulk, which I'm kind of into. Like the big reveal is them essentially like doxing her with uh non-consensual revenge porn yeah, yeah it's yeah gonna be some incel crybaby so it's totally totally making fun of the the group that's uh complaining about it right now right it it's almost like they they called it so well because they were like these are the exact insults they're gonna throw at the show and we're going to get out ahead of that shit and they're going to look so fucking stupid for doing the exact <laughs> thing we're joking about. Which I love it. I love every bit of it. Yeah. Although I'm yeah. still wondering, because you know, you know there's got to be some kind of super bad guy behind it. And I'd really like to know who the reveal's going to be. It's abomination. You think? You think it's been abomination the whole time? Yep. See, I think it's that weird Todd guy that keeps like trying to... Time. Oh, yeah. No, he's part of it. But I, I don't know. I, I think there's going to be a reveal maybe because they've talked about that. What's his face is coming back. The uh, 
the guy from the Ed Norton Hulk movie that was leader. He's going to be in the new Captain America movie. Yeah, something. Yeah, that he's coming back for that. So they probably need to get his character to pop up on a stinger somewhere to get everybody primed. Although Modoc's also coming, and the bad guys are quote fingers the the what the intelligentsia, which was a Modoc thing in the comic books. It's hard to guess what's coming, to be honest. We only got to wait till Thursday to find out. That will just give us nothing because Marvel is is starting to get a little annoying with their audience trolling. <laughs> They're good at it, though. Credit where credit's due. Yeah, good, good at it. But doing it once was hilarious. Do, and doing it like occasionally is really funny. But the fact that they've been doing it over and over and over again now, it's like, fuck off. Yeah. It's starting to feel real DC. Like they're rubbing their nose at fans instead of giving them what they want. No, no, new Warner Brothers wouldn't do that. We'll see. How long do we got before Black Adam comes out? Uh, a couple of weeks. So yeah. Rumor train keeps going. Henry Cavill's going to we'll see. That's good because they should really cling to holding that universe together. That's what they <laughs> really, really want. Well, here's here's the problem. I feel like Henry Cavill's one of those people. He was not miscast as Superman. They just have been making shitty Superman movies. Oh, I agree. No, it's not his fault. No, I I even feel the same way about Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck really wasn't actually a shitty Batman. I don't think any of the cast has really been bad. Well, Ezra Miller. Yeah, Ezra Miller's bad. Well, he's he's bad and he's a bad actor and he's a bad human being. I haven't really seen anything he was in, so. Like he's fine and a bunch of stuff. He's just. Did you see that film where he was grooming a twelve-year-old girl? No. Oh that's no! Wait. That, no. That's oh, that, oh, that's that was that's that real was the, That was the news. I think okay. that was the news. Yeah. No, like it's just making him like socially awkward, uh, uncomfortable, anxiety-ridden Barry Allen. Is not the type of Flash that I wanted to see. Again, that's not his fault, but his portrayal is so bad that I just. I want them to get rid of him and do something better. Hashtag my, not my flash. Exactly. Yeah. They said they brought him back in recently for reshoots and shit. And I'm like, really? Yeah. That surprises me. Which which means he gets paid. He gets paid more money. They're giving him more money. He needs it for his defense attorneys. His Icelandic cult is not going to fund itself, Noah. It's all just this. What what fucking Warner Brothers does every once in a while. I just it's like you're staring at the TV in horror, just trying to figure out, like, how how could they possibly how how could you have a test screening for incomplete footage of Batgirl and go, nah, scrap it. And then it's like, hey, the star of this other movie is up. Is a child touching fuckwit who is in the news every day for being arrested. And they're like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> but how was his test screenings? Bring uh, in the incels. Test screenings don't even matter. I don't. Apparently, Batgirl got the same audience score that both Black Adam and the new Shazam movie got. And they're like, oh, terrible test screenings. And then the other two, they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. We can, we can. I don't know. I have the only, the only one of these films coming up besides Shazam, 
because the first Shazam was great. So I'm hoping the next one will be great. And hopefully they don't prove me wrong on that. But Black Adam looks real fucking good. Have to check it out. And, yeah. and that's it. And the, the end, everything else they're doing can go eat all the dicks. <laughs> yeah, they just need to call it, I think. Which originally, I mean, that's what the Flash movie was going to end up supposed to be before the brothers got new owners. Now I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I've been saying it for a long time that they needed to just fucking call it. And they just, they won't. They won't make that commitment. And it's like, I'm sorry. You're like, I'm sorry that you hired a good cast and then fucked it up, but you did. So it's time to move on. I mean, that or just use that shit. Hire a fucking really good director and hire a really good writer um, and make sure David Goyer doesn't get to go near that fucking script. Just a bodyguard for the script. <laughs> oh, he'll sneak in somehow. Like a fucking ninja. Is that why you didn't like Hellraiser? Could you it was, sense... was fucking Goyer involved? Could you sense that he was the producer on that movie? Was he? That fucking motherfucker. <laughs> he is he is a fucking disease. He needs to quit. Stop. Just go the fuck away. <laughs> fucking grim dark bullshit. Uh. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. So Doug, what are we doing for our last episode of, of Dragonstein Month? Are, are, are we gonna talk about uh Oh, no, I guess we'll do it after that. God damn it, Noah. <laughs> I fucked your flow up. I so apologize. Don't you know how this show works? <laughs> we're, only, we're only five years in. You guys, I watched Udo lick that blood off the floor. I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I ain't right no more. That's actually very reasonable, and I apologize for making fun of you. Um, but I, I don't know, have you guys picked up on the trend? It was the 30s, then the 50s, then the 70s. So we're jumping to the 90s. Oh. Right? What happened to the 60s? Because it was the 30s. And it's every 20 years. Oh, That's how that works. math is hard. <laughs> Stop making me do homework, Doug. <laughs> you sound like my fucking kid. Um, anyways, so 90s. So Bram Stoker's Dracula and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from 92 and 94, respectively. Um. So we're going to get Gary Oldman and Robert De Niro to talk about next week, which is slightly different from Udo Kier playing both roles this week. I'm actually kind of excited because I've never actually seen the De Niro Frankenstein. I have not seen it in a long time and I have good memories of it and also bad memories of it. And I'm wondering which one of those are correct or possibly both. I remember it being a decent movie that was very disappointing because I thought it was going to be a great movie. Oh, we'll see. I remember the the resurrection scene has like shirtless Kenneth Branagh like swinging around on like like Oh, ropes. that's right. The unnecessary action. Fuck the fucking 90s, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's I think what we're going to get next week is of all the movies we've talked about this month, we're going to get the two closest retellings of the original stories. I'm hesitant to say that until I rewatch the movies, but I think that's true. 
certainly closer than this week's movies. I am a little disappointed that we're not going to get to uh, Dracula 2000. You know what? We can do Dracula 2000 because actually the sequels to that are pretty good. Really? At least, especially the second one. That seems like I've seen the second one. I don't remember. It's the second. Rucker, so the, Rucker Howard played Dracula, though, right? Yeah, that was in the third one, I believe. And in the, in the second one, though, it's like they spend a lot of the movie with so the vampire from the first movie that they kind of retcon the end and they, these people have the body and they find a lot of, uh, they spend a lot of time with this body like tied up and the, the vampire is like trying to trick them into letting him out so that he can suck their blood until he gets enough blood to be strong enough to escape kind of thing. It's pretty fun and gross and weird. Yeah. Dracula 2000. I, the movie I'm sure is probably not good, but I do remember the, backstory for dracula i thought was actually really interesting how they reveal who he actually was like, yeah. in a historical context so one of the problems with part three is that they retcon that Ooh. i don't think they do anything in part two that offsets it but then in three they kind of retcon it. No. we'll never get to it so it doesn't matter well we can put it on the list None of it matters because you've reminded me how bad the 90s. I think those are movies came out in the 2000s. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's why they called it Dracula 2000. I, I haven't been paying attention to that part of the conversation. I've just been thinking about all those weird movies because we went from action movies that had action movie plots to movies that shouldn't be action movies that have weird action scenes in them. Yeah, that's correct. That's what happened in the 90s. Yeah, it's real weird. Man that's in the not- Iron Mask, weird. It's weird. It should be, on, it should be a, a drama movie. And instead really, you've got people like running on top of stuff. You're like, wait, wait a minute. It was a lot of that in the 90s, wasn't it? Just, yeah, it's, this isn't an action movie, but we're going to make it into one anyway. There was a big, uh, big uh, blow up of, uh, what was his name? Dumas? Alexander Dumas movies? Yeah. The Three Musketeers got another movie. The Man in the Iron Mask. Three Musketeers had a couple of different movies in the nineties. Count, uh, Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, those were all made into action movies, even though they're not really action stories. Count of Monte Cristo with uh, Jim Caviezel, who's now think, a giant QAnon guy. I think that one was actually my favorite of all the ones you just mentioned. I seem to remember liking that. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I mean, it wasn't all bad. You guys remember Leon the Professional? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that one. Okay. What? what? It's it's again it's. The, the sex between the adult and the 12-year-old bugs me. It doesn't seem to there bug anybody no else. There was no sex. It was, it's was heavily no implied. Sex in that movie. No, Heavil- there was not. No, no it's, it's, it's exactly implied the opposite. <laughs> you guys fell for the lies. That's the way I see it. It's implied that she develops a crush on him, and he is highly uncomfortable with it and shoots that shit down. At first. No. Oh, my God. Are we going to have to watch Leon the Professional oh. this discussion? No, we don't need to. We're we teaming it up with Noah. We're not. No, we're not doing that movie. If you're not did more cops, doing... all of them. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand the love for that movie. But whatever. Hey, let's talk about Werewolf by Night. All right. Yeah. <laughs> He's a dude, and it's a werewolf. Yeah. Tell us all about it, Noah. What What do you love about it? Uh. Should I go through the plot or should I just? <laughs> sure. If we're, we're going to talk about a bunch of spoilery stuff, you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Bloodstone has died uh, and a bunch of hunters have arrived at a monster hunters club in order to 
hunt a monster and or each other to death in order to earn the right to hold the bloodstone, which is a magical rock that uh, can reveal and weaken monsters. Turns out one of them's not a bad guy. And he's a werewolf. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So tell us what you liked about it. Uh, I every moment of the movie, I, I really don't have a lot of negative things to say about it. I kind of I liked the the look and the look of things that kind of cross between that classic monster movie aesthetic they were going for and kind of uh, at the same time having that marvelly I don't know flow to it. I um I really liked the the aesthetic i thought they nailed it i was like i heard that it was gonna like look like a classic horror film i thought they were just gonna turn the color off you know what i mean like that's a lot of things that are released in black and white nowadays are just the same thing but with the color turned off they really gave it the look of an old school thing even though it wasn't exactly like an old school monster movie it, it had the appearance of one which is good uh, i liked the idea of only the bloodstone being uh in color in the film was kind of a cool thing mm-hmm. until the end so do, 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 you, you guys don't know this character very well do you no i don't i know nothing but either of these two characters that ended up being the main characters of this so so werewolf by night there's actually two of them you know because well, most most characters have two iterations yeah i was figured that that's kind of a given at this point except the weird thing is they both kind of exist at the same time so it's weird that <laughs> so there's there's jack russell which is the the version of the character that's in the movie and then there's jake and I don't know. Jake was their attempt to modernize him and turn him into a big hulking werewolf. But in the comic books, he looks like a big kitty cat. It's really dumb. He's the fucking drawings of him are fucking stupid and I hate him. I like the original one because he looks kind of like Wolfman from the, the Universal stuff. Okay. Uh, and it's pretty close to this. So he's, he, for the most part, he's just a werewolf guy, right? And then eventually in the comics, because they had to like comic book things up. uh, I'm trying to think of who builds them. I can't remember if it's Dr. Strange or Tony Stark, but somebody builds him a set of bracers that can actually produce artificial moonlight. Which gives him control over turning into the werewolf so he can turn into the werewolf whenever he wants. I kind of assumed at some point he'd be able to control it. They don't just have him like only fight crime when it's convenient. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly and and it's I mean it's typical horror comic book fashion stuff. It's mostly he's going up against other creature of the night type things, vampires and shit. Uh, was it first appearance of Moon Knight in in Werewolf by Night? Correct. Which is why everyone was kind of expecting Werewolf by Night to show up in the Moon Knights. It was a little disappointed that there was no crossing. No, maybe they're still going to have one. Well, I'm kind of hoping so. Actually, I think, did it come out this weekend? No, it comes out next weekend. There's the, uh, oh, what's it called? Crypt of Shadows is an old horror comic that uh, Marvel used to produce. And the new one's getting ready to come out. And it's... Uh, man thing both the werewolf by nights moon knight uh Alyssa bloodstone and uh 
the female Wolverine whose name I can never remember. Lady Lady Wolverine. Uh, yeah. No, uh, no, uh, Cap Wolf? No. Cap Wolf hasn't been a thing in a long time. Come How on. dare you bring that up? I love Cap Wolf. <laughs> Franken, Franken Castle needs to come back before Cap Wolf. Oh, Cap Wolf. I'll have the comics downstairs in my basement. No. But that team lineup looks real fucking good on the cover of that comic. And it feels like they're setting an awful lot of those characters up in a very short period of time. So I'm thinking maybe they're going to do Midnight Suns might be further off than I thought it was going to be. But maybe there's going to be a horror team TV show team up thing, which I would be super down with. Uh, Yeah. And then we've got man thing running around doing his thing. Giant size man thing. Burning you with his touch. Is that a, is that an accurate depiction of man thing? So I don't know anything about man thing except for like that shitty movie that I don't even think I saw. Okay. Yeah. That, that movie's got fucking fuck all to do with the actual character. So Ted dude falls into a magical swamp bullshit chemicals, right? It's the, yeah. it's the swamp thing story, but man thing versus swamp thing. Man thing's much more animalistic. He can't, he, it's something to do with, he can't think anymore. Okay. Because he's partially psychic in a weird way. So there's just too much noise all the time. Uh, if he touches you and you are afraid, it burns you, which is what he's doing in the show where he just like grabs you and you, your soul burns away or whatever. Okay. <laughs> but there's a crazy feedback loop thing, right? So he's empathic. So he feels your emotions, which is why if you react negatively to him, he freaks out. And uh, they kind of even show it in the show where whenever she's calm and just talks to him, he relaxes. So the feedback loop idea is that if he touches you and you are afraid, you will burn. So if he reaches for you, you will be afraid because if you're afraid, <laughs> you will burn. But if you are afraid, you will burn, which will make him feel afraid, <laughs> which will freak him out, which will scare you, which will make you more afraid. Okay. That sounds kind of <laughs> like they did a decent, like, as best as you can try to show that. Doesn't sound like it was too far-fetched. Yeah, like I said, they just didn't they just didn't spend enough time with him for you to see the full effect, because the, the whole idea is every once in a while, man thinks going to go like animalistic because there's just too many negative, scary things around. And he just goes berserk and he's going to kill a ton of people because he turns into a rampaging elephant, basically. Right. Uh, he's also what I I'm, what I'm kind of surprised about is in the comic books, he's the protector of what's called the nexus of realities, which is kind of like a uh, it's it's a doorway that lets anybody jump through the multiverse. OK. And so I kind of figured some reference to that was going to pop up in this since everything is multiverse stuff and they need to find an excuse to get werewolf by night in the mix with him superheroes. Well, he's in the universe, isn't he? I would assume so, but I was kind of figuring that they were going to do this as a alternate universe type thing. I took it as because at the beginning they show the like Avengers in like silhouette or whatever. And I think I took that as them saying this is the same universe. Right. Right. It probably is. I just once again, I just thought because in the trailer too, the uh, those shock troops wearing the helmets with the, the zappy poles. Mm-hmm. Looked a lot like TVA agents in the trailer. So I thought that maybe we were going to see some weird thing at the end where 
the TVA is coming in because something is wrong with this or, you know, to tie it to Loki or something. Yeah, But, but apparently can't. I was just completely wrong about that. So. Yeah, could still end up factoring in some sort. We're working on Loki season two right now. So what would you think, Brian? I know I know you weren't as enthusiastic about the werewolf look. Uh, wasn't super happy with it. I, I do enjoy my werewolves with a little more like the long snout and stuff. Um, when I did look up the comic book and saw that the original one did have this more Wolfman type appearance, bothered me a little less, I guess. Still wish I had, you know, that he had a wolf werewolf look to him. But maybe, maybe they'll bring Jake Gomez in and you'll have both. Maybe we'll see. Uh, but other than that, that was the only complaint. That wasn't even really a complaint. It's just like, oh man, I like it. I like it when they look more like a werewolf. I, I'll tell you, I, I take it back. I have one complaint about the movie. Fuck it, dude. At the end of it, whenever everything goes to color and it cuts to that camp and man thinks kind of sitting on the log with the cup of coffee. I really, really, really thought it was going to zoom out and Howard the Duck was going to be sitting there with him. <laughs> because Howard the Duck and Man-Thing are together in the comic books a lot. Well, I have no problem with him showing up. Oh, it would have been... I would have lost my fucking mind and every other nerd on the internet would have been so pissed because they've never read a Man-Thing comic and they don't <laughs> know that Man-Thing and Howard... They'd be like, fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> You guys want to know what the best part of watching this was for me? Yeah. It was, uh, for some reason, I couldn't get the subtitles to turn off, so they were on the whole time. And every time Man-Thing was running around, it would say Monster Growls at the bottom of the screen. But then when they revealed his name, the subtitles changed to saying Ted Growls, and it made me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, that's amazing. Because it was like, I don't know, it was just fun the way it was done. Yeah, I did like that... Uh... Anytime we saw him, he was just like this scary lumbering sort of thing. And then when he's coming after her, slowly walking towards her, all menacing. And she's like, Ted and just <laughs> looks and then goes, oh, and then like shrugs his shoulders like, oh, OK, I can relax. Yeah, I, I like the portrayal of man thing. I think I have no idea if it's accurate or not, but I enjoyed watching it. I like the idea that he was like this big, scary monster, but then he was just a dude like well it's it, the thing is like he's both but he's not usually both at the same time so reading those comic books you either have calm man thing or you have rampaging monster man thing and there's like okay. no in between all right i mean that's and that's fine like i think you can have him be both in the purposes of a show like this too right man I, I, I really love this thing guys <laughs> i'm so excited i i liked i watched it twice i really enjoyed it you know, uh, rumors are Marvel may be doing more stuff it's like one off specials rather than cramming stuff into like series and everything. Well, and I got to say, I like that this was a one off special. I think it worked that way. I don't know if I want a series of this, not to say that you couldn't bring these characters back in a series, but. This as a standalone was perfect. It was a nice way to introduce the concept that there are monsters in the MCU and that, by the way, there's people who hunt the monsters and all this is going on kind of behind the scenes with it. I don't think it contradicts any of what we've already seen. And 
it I don't know as I, as a standalone, if you did something like this, like every year at Christmas and at Halloween, you did these specials. I think that would, that could become a thing that I would look forward to every holiday. Yeah. Next up is going to be the, uh, guardians of the galaxy holiday special, which is kind of a cheat since they're already established, but pretty excited to see. It. Yeah. And I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see. Oh no. James Gunn was heavily involved with it. Like he directed it and wrote it and stuff. So I'll trust. I just, I hope they're going full Star Wars Christmas special with it, and it's just going to be ridiculous. It would be pretty just fantastic. just celebrity singing and just strangeness and. Yeah. You already had David Hasselhoff in the uh, Guardians Two soundtrack song, so why not? Did I? I forgot to mention special special props to the chick that played Verusa because she was fucking great. Which one's versus the, 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 the Yeah, the crazy older lady. Yeah, okay, she was good. I really liked when she had the her like I guess it was her husband's body propped up. And I, I liked when <laughs> it was doing dad jokes. <laughs> I enjoyed animatronic. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I enjoyed that that body. It reminded me of the Crypt Keeper. Obviously, I don't think that's exactly a shocking statement. I think if if anyone has a claim to something in this being a little bit over the top, it was probably that moment, but I still think it was great. Yeah. I don't in a world where we're like, Oh yeah, by the way, there's been werewolves in the MCU this whole time, but with all that other wacky shit going on, we haven't had time to mention it. (laughs) Like, I think you can go ahead and be like, yeah. And these people are fucking weird and they keep monster heads on the wall and stuff. You know, that's fine. I didn't. One of the weird things is the monster heads and stuff. I was kind of expecting there to be a bunch of references that I was going to be grabbing. And I was like, I don't recognize any of these. No, I was kind of thinking that too. But then I thought maybe I wasn't into comics enough to recognize that. Uh, the One of the, the one of the videos I watched said that the bat looking thing may have been a blade villain. He's fought before. That's sure. That makes sense. I mean, maybe it just looks like. A generic ass vampire. Yeah. He said it was someone specific, but I don't, I didn't know who it was when he said it. And I, I do, I do like the thing that nobody figures out that something's up whenever she's listing off how many uh, kills all the monster hunters have. And she gets to the last game. She's like over a hundred. And he's there was like, what? <laughs> it, was, it did seem weird when you talked about those few having such so many so so many kills but then when they're talking about the total number of kills didn't seem like that high so it's like nobody else had any is that what we understand <laughs> seemed very strange to me but yeah. uh i think it's three definite recommends all across yeah I, it's we've already listened to this we've kind of i don't know i don't know if there's much to spoil really it's more of a, nah it's pretty simple um, yeah i mean other than Know, hey that guy's a werewolf what's what's the rest to spoil it's not i, I did really, like the i kind of obviously this isn't an origin story but i kind of like the idea of these marvel specials being used to tell origin stories and then whenever you idea. go to make a movie for the character you can just fucking dukes a hazard over that shit yeah it's not a terrible idea if you're bringing in a character that doesn't have that interesting of an origin story I do it quickly like this. And and there's, you know, there's that group of people that are always throwing piss baby fits about origin stories in superhero movies. And it's like, 
this makes it optional. You can just you can go on the streaming service and watch the origin story if you want. Yeah. Yeah, some people won't do that either though. But even like characters like this where like I don't think either Man Thing or Werewolf by Night are getting full origin story movies anytime soon. But you introduce the characters this way and you set them up as friends so that they can just show up in something else later when you want them to, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a full origin story. Uh, all right. Anything else before we wrap up? Nah. Watch it. <laughs> you know, it's it's really good. It's a perfect, like, Marvel Halloween special, which I'm surprised that we're getting anything like that, but I'm glad we did. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.